Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Gene Ginsberg here. Welcome to another episode of Listen by Gene Ginsberg. I have a very special guest today. Very excited to have Mike Rhodes with me. How are you? I'm great, Gene. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. And we were just talking offline that Mike and I have been connected for, I don't know, four, I guess four years now. Yeah. Four years yeah. since we met at a mastermind event called Baby Bathwater. This is like 2017 now. <laughs> so. Um- one of my favorite events of the pre-COVID calendar, a mastermind on really? top of a mountain surrounded by snow. What's not to like? Yes, yes, very true. I guess right now it's summertime where you are down under, huh? It is. It's about 30 degrees Celsius today. Um, thunderstorms this afternoon and uh, yep, loving summer. Awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm in Colorado, so very similar to the way um, where we met at Baby Bathwater is but uh, it's been pretty warm this whole week, probably in 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's probably about, I don't know, 10, 15 degrees Celsius, I guess. So, yeah. but enough about the weather, <laughs> enough about the weather. Let's jump <laughs> into our first question, which I always like to give our audiences some context, you know, tell us about your background, where you came from, and that kind of leads into, you know, where you are now. Cool. Um, well, I've, I've always loved the business of business. I always knew I would have my own business. I love talking about business, helping businesses grow has always been my thing. So when I sold my first business and, and then moved to Sydney, um, God, almost 20 years ago, I became an e-myth coach and consultant through a bizarre set of circumstances and would go into these businesses and help them systemize. But all they wanted to know was, mate, how do I get more leads? How do I get more customers? How do I get more covers in the restaurant, more patients in the clinic? And I'm trying to sell this huge system from Gerber and it was all about mindset and systems and thinking and team. They just wanted more people in the front door. So when I saw this guy, Perry Marshall, speak in 2004 about this new thing, Google AdWords, oh my God, this is what they all want and need. Drop the email thing, which I was pretty terrible at because nobody wanted to buy the whole system. They just wanted module five, the get more leads thing and you couldn't just sell a single module. And I started pretty much started the agency straight after that. I, I wandered off and ran someone else's business for about a year and a half in the middle there because it gave me the opportunity to travel around the world, which was lovely. Um, and then started the business, um, helping other businesses grow using this new thing, Google Ads, because you would only show ads to people that were searching for exactly what you had to sell. And you'd only pay for that ad if they were interested enough to click and that I wasn't smart enough to say at the time, oh, this is the future of advertising, buy some Google shares. I didn't do that, but I did know that this was something that small businesses needed desperately. They were wasting money on you know, yellow pages and radio ads and letterbox drops and, and spray and pray with no idea of what was working. And, and here was something that was trackable um, and that didn't cost very much back in 2004. Um, and yeah, the agency has been going strong for close on 16 17 years wow so that's amazing so what so that that's what you have now i'm assuming is that is the ppc agency right 
So two businesses now, yeah. So okay. there's the agency, which is the done for you service, which is Google ads, Facebook ads, but we really stick to our knitting there. We, we don't build apps or websites. We don't do SEO. We just do that paid acquisition. But then I have a second business where I teach other agencies, I teach the competition basically, um, how to do what we do, uh-huh. how to do Google ads. Cause I've discovered along the journey that I'm a teacher at heart. I just, I love that side of it. So that's my creative expression. Right. Teaching other agencies how to do the Google ads and data studio and YouTube and Google shopping and all of those things, but then also how to grow their fledgling agency. And that's been really, really good fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you kind of take to start teaching the the other side, right? So which is the yeah, the competition, like you said, I like that. So it's not only just the done for you services. So tell us about um, how Google ads has changed. I mean, I know, back in the day, 15, 20 years ago, you can get things for a nickel, which is a five cents. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are things have changed now, 20 years later? They continue to change. There was another announcement just a few hours ago this morning, not to date this podcast because it'll go out in a few weeks, but uh, Google has just uh, announced that they're doing away with yet another little feature inside the system, which means we all have to change our processes and, and adapt. They, being Google, discovered machine learning, I guess, at scale back in 2011. You know, probably the smartest guy that most people have never heard of, this guy, Andrew Ng, introduced... ML machine learning to Google and translation was the first place that they put it. And now it's in every product in Google. It's in maps, it's in Gmail, it's in Google docs, it's everywhere. They bought this little company out of London that had zero revenue and zero clients. And they paid half a billion dollars for that one called DeepMind. And that is probably the most famous AI company in the world. You know, that was the one that played Go and played Shogi and chess and has done incredible things over the past few years. All of Google's, or a lot of Google's AI from, on the Google ad side is based on that DeepMind technology. Basically the best AI engineers in the world mm-hmm. building amazing tools. And so Google has evolved to use the AI and the machine learning more and more and more over this past decade. When they roll something out, it's usually pretty useless. And all of us old timers in the industry jump up and down and say, stop stealing our money and you can't do that and don't steal control away from us. But it's doubling in power every four months, which means every five years it gets 30,000 times better. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you, you tried some of Google's AI a couple of years ago and you threw it away in disgust and said, this doesn't work, give it another try because bits of it work really, really well. You still need you know, a fundamental understanding of, of how the tool works, you still need a human in the loop. We're not at that point yet, which I think Google would like us to get to. Of just, right. just give us your credit card and, and just leave it with us. Just trust yes. us. We'll spend your money wisely. We're not there yet. We may get to that point one day, but one day. I think we're a little bit away from that. But yeah, it is changing rapidly. I mean, I could list a whole bunch of features and tactics that have changed over the years, but um, it's fair to say that, that there's a lot of them every year. Yes, I actually just got that email. I totally forgot. Yep, I got that email because I am a, an admin on several Google accounts. And it, yep, they were doing away with broad search and phrase search, I believe, right? Doing away with modified broad and replacing it with search. So phrase will now do the job of phrase and mod broad. Um, look, I'm, I've predicted that we'll probably see the end of, of match types in, entirely, possibly by the end of next year. We might see the end of manual bidding by the end of next year, you know, Google don't, 
certainly you know the end of uh, negative keywords by the end of this year maybe maybe next year there'll be a point where we don't get to write those expanded text ads that we all love you know where we have maximum control we're gonna get forced to use Google's responsive ads at some point I, I expect um, apologies to, to the listener if this is all jargon but yeah Google want you to just get out of the way of the machine and let the machines do what they're good at but yeah, those of us that have been doing it a while, like yourself, we know that that isn't always going to get the best result. Right. Yes. Well, I, I love the fact that it's moving in that direction because I think the machines know much better than we feeble-minded human beings. <laughs> so um, so I think, uh, of course, you know, there's going to be some oversight from a human, but I can, you know, I think they much do, do a much better job of like seeing the small nuances that we might not always catch. Oh, from oh. a bidding point of view, certainly. I mean, yeah. know, all of those signals that the, the, the machine has that we don't have. I mean, the asymmetry of data is getting really out of whack. They, they couldn't give us all the data they had, even if they want to, and they definitely don't want to. But they're now actively taking data away from us. You know, it's no surprise that this change today with keyword match types is rolling out, what, sort of five, six months after they started hiding more and more search query data. So you can see where they're going. You can see how we're going to lose control. We're going to get less data. We're going to be forced into the automation more and more over time. We have to learn to play with that. Stop bitching and whining and saying, oh, it shouldn't happen because there's no going back. But um, how do we work with the machine? That's the future. Smart humans working with smart machines. So what do you think is going to be the change with agencies are agencies going to be out of jobs or what do you think is going to be happening in the in the That's future a great question <laughs> I, I i personally think it's a more hopeful future than, than that dystopian <laughs> view i think hollywood and news media have have told us that all these jobs are going to go away and, and yes if you work in a factory and you move the thing from there to there and you pick it up and you move it and you and you do that all day then actually you probably want your job to be taken over by a machine so you can go do something more interesting. I don't think all the jobs disappear, but I do think that many of the tasks that we all do day in, day out are going to be replaced by machines. And that could be if you're deep on the data side as well as the creative side. I've been playing with a few AI writing tools recently that will suggest a blog outline and then you give it a few bullet points and it will write a paragraph for each bullet. They're not great. You would never throw a few suggestions in, hit go and then publish whatever came out of that machine. So again, it's, it's the smart human working with the machine, using it as a, an idea generator, using it to come up with different angles, different hooks for a story, for an ad, for an offer potentially but the machines are getting very good at a range of things, but how do we use that? How do we use it to enhance our skills, not replace us? So we right. keep moving up um, more creative, more strategic stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I actually was uh, part of another mastermind a couple of years ago, and uh, we actually had a presentation about that because it was a digital marketing mastermind. Because, of course, you and I are both in digital marketing space, and that's when uh, the presentation was about. It was like in the next several years, it's going to be like there's going to be copy that's going to be generated. There's going to be personalized uh, offers and personalized um, things that the customer sees on their end based on what they're looking for, what they're interested in, what speaks to them what resonates with them so it's like that's going to be almost done in real time by 
a machine that creates copy and maybe creates copy on a regular basis and a continuous basis. And of course, you know, you mentioned already the AI part of Google ads, and I'm sure that's already going through Facebook as well and other ad platforms. So it's all, I'm, I'm just very curious on like what digital marketers are going to do in, in like five years. Well, yeah. I've, I've always, I've taught this, this sort of pyramid framework for, for many years now of, of bidding, targeting messaging because let's go back to basics right advertising is about showing the right message to the right person at the right time and i would add to that doing so profitably as much as we can tell let's not get into attribution today but bidding targeting messaging bidding at the bottom of the pyramid because the robots are coming up from the bottom so bidding is easy for the robots it's just a math problem they're very very good at doing math very very quickly and again google and facebook have a ton of data that they're never going to give us so they are best left to do that piece. And Google's automated bidding, smart bidding options, a couple of them, target CPA, target ROAS, are very, very, very good. Now, they weren't two years ago. Now, they're as good, if not better, than a human. So then moving up to the middle, targeting. Well, again, all of those signals that Google have about who's doing what. For the time being, you know, the, the end of cookies is going to change that. Apple and Facebook's little spat at the moment, which is a bit more than a little spat now, is, uh, is going to change things, iOS 14 and so on. That's going to play out over the coming weeks and months. Messaging, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said that's the, the safest place to be as a human right now because it's going to take a while for the computers to come up through those other levels. And then GPT-3 happened, what, eight, nine months ago. And I was listening to some fascinating podcasts from some of the engineers behind GPT-3, which if your listener doesn't know, is, is essentially a machine that predicts the next word. But it can write poems, it can write code, it can write essays, it can do maths. Because if you give it the sentence 123 plus 457 as an English sentence, it understands what those words mean, sort of, and will give you the answer. Um, as accurate as, as most human beings would be. It's mind-boggling. They, they weren't expecting that when they built this model. The key thing about that is that the, the, the chart is still going up and to the right. In other words, GPT-4 will be better. GPT-5, GPT-20 right. will be mind-boggling. And there's this arms race going on between all of those AI geeks at the moment just throwing more and more commute, compute and more and more data at that to see what else will this thing be able to do? Um, I don't know how far down that rabbit hole you want to go, but if, you, if you've heard of AlphaGo Zero, which was, you know, first we beat the humans at, at Go, then they built a, a machine that could play Go without looking at what any humans had ever done. They just gave it the rules of the game and it learned to play by itself. It did, you know, a couple of hundred years worth of simulation in a few days and bang, it was as good as the humans straight away. Their latest version, DeepMind's latest thing, is called Mu Zero, M-U-Z-E-R-O, if you want to search it and, and look at some examples. That's learning to win without knowing the rules of the game. So just by playing the game, and I think it plays something like 180 years worth in a day, it figures out what the game is and how to play the game. So you, you think about what that might mean in the near future for, for strategy, for solving problems where... We can't explain to the machine what the rules of the game are because we don't bloody know what the rules are. Um, and, and there's always gaps in the, in the data. There are always unknowns. The, the machine's going to figure it out faster than we think. 
This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. Oh, there, yes, this is amazing. I'm very curious about how this is all going to play out in the next couple of years and how, and then how also the, see, like one of the things that I'm noticing, cause I'm, I, I don't know, um, I'm reading this book called Abundance by Peter Diamandis. I don't know if mm-hmm. you ever heard of him. Um, he's kind of a, you yeah, know, semi- group. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Then you are very familiar with this book Abundance, right? And he talks a lot about all of these capabilities, but they are, you know, this, this book was, I think, written about 10 years ago, I think around 2010 or maybe yeah. late uh, 20, you know, 20 aughts. Um, but there's still, uh, still a lot of things that are not at application level. And so I'm wondering, like, yes, we do have all these fancy, like, things that are going on, and there's a lot of AI, there's a lot of bots going on, but then at the same time, is it being, it, like, is it actually being used in applications that we use day to day? Well, I've got so many thoughts around that. First, his new <laughs> book, The Future is Faster Than You Think, is well worth a read. Um, okay. As well as his other book, Bold. They're all worth reading. Um, there's that Arthur C. Clarke quote, which I always mangle about, you know, it's indistinguishable from magic. So we sort of keep looking ahead and we think, oh, my God, it'll be amazing when that happens. But once it's normal, we sort of forget that that was amazing five years ago. We just, oh, yeah, but that's just that's just normal. That just is, you know, like I look at my kids with digital devices and it's just complete, well, duh, dad, of course you just, duh, 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 you do that because of course you do. So we normalize very, very quickly. And that stuff that we used to think would be amazing now isn't. What we need to do is yes, some of those things, especially the way Peter talks here, he's, he's looking more 20, 30 years ahead. I love that we will be able to mine asteroids. I think the first a um, bit of asteroid mining actually just happened a few weeks ago. That's fantastic, but I have no idea how to grow my clients' businesses right. knowing that, right? So I tend right. to focus on the near future and that sort of 12 to 24 months, spend a lot of time thinking about how does that stuff that's just around the corner, my job really is to, is to run out four or five hills in front, right. have a look over the horizon, see what's just over the horizon, and then run back and, and teach and help and help businesses realize what's coming. I'm not that interested in the stuff that's 20, 30 years ago. Will we get to the singularity? Will we get to artificial general intelligence, you know, a machine that's capable of doing all the things that we do? Don't know, don't care yet, but how do we use these tools now to enhance our capabilities, to do more interesting work, to make it more interesting for the team, um, to grow businesses of, you know, particularly small and medium businesses, that's where my heart lies right. because that, that's the engine of the economy. Right, absolutely. That's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I, even though I'm just even th- thinking about even the smaller things that are, you know, potentially applicable, how can we apply them more so that they are available to us? It, you know, it sounds like it's already happening in, in AI and Google. Yeah, a lot of the AI is, is going to be, I think we're going to get fairly quickly to the point where, you certainly won't need to hire a data scientist. You won't need to try and build your own neural network. It will be like taking Lego pieces off a shelf. 
the interesting thing will be which pieces do you choose and how do you put them together? What do you choose to build right. with those building blocks? We're not quite there yet. I think that's maybe a year, possibly two away. Um, and if you use tools like Google or Facebook, you know, there's an awful lot of AI built in. Again, it's, it's indistinguishable from magic, right? You don't, you don't go, oh my goodness, it can do that. You just go, oh, well, yeah, okay. Well, if it can do that, then I can do this, you know? It's nuts that I'm using this tool to write entire blog posts in seconds. Right. Eventually, that will be the case. So uh, a little bit offline, before we started this episode, you were talking, we were talking about COVID and how you kind of had ups and downs in the last year. So tell us about your experience or, your, or your, the clients you work with, uh, what's changed since COVID has begun, or now that it's hopefully on its way out, what's been the change in the last year? Well, yeah, it's, um, I think for everybody, it's, and I, I do want to preface this with, we are incredibly fortunate, right? We were able to have the whole team work from home. We are able to continue to run a business. And I really feel for all those people that whose businesses have been shuttered for nine, 10 months, or that people have lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods. We have been incredibly fortunate. Most of our team already worked from home a day a week. So moving to full work from home happened within a day or two. I was actually away um, when that happened. I was away mountain biking in Tasmania and I came back to an empty office. We'd, we'd only moved in here at the beginning of January and, and now I've had the, uh, the world's biggest man cave for the last year. Um, some clients hit the panic button fairly early, um, paused all ads. Others really lent into it and ramped up. One of our clients in the States was doing five times the volume that they normally would be doing. So they turned off ads because they just could not keep up with demand. So it's been a real mixed bag depending on location. So we've got pretty much half and half clients between Australia and the US. We've also got sort of half, half between lead generation businesses, services businesses and e-com. So it's a real mixed bag. I've been very thankful for that. Um, it's been harder to grow the agency that way, but I'm really glad that we didn't pick a niche like travel or education right. or you know hospitality, one of those ones that's really been whacked around. I've got plenty of mates with agencies that service those markets who have really, really hurt. Yeah. The smart ones have, have pivoted quickly and, right. and tried new services and tried reaching new markets, but that's you know almost like starting a whole new agency from scratch. So it's been a been a mixed bag. It's obviously accelerated a ton of trends. I'm sure other guests on your podcast have talked about that, you know, this great acceleration, pulling a bunch of trends from 2030 to now. Um, I mean, look at Shopify's share price, look at the amount of um, revenue that Amazon's doing. Uh, right. Clearly online e-com was going to grow, but it's just hit that hockey stick and grown a lot faster than any of us were expecting. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so true. I mean, I guess no, there's not, it's not all losers, right? I mean, there's plenty of winners in this, uh, in this yeah. pandemic, right? I mean, it is a pandemic of two halves. I mean, both for, for businesses, but also, you know, Scott Galloway's got some amazing stats around this. Certainly early on, if you earned over a hundred grand a year, there was a 10% chance you lost your job and you were almost certainly able to work from home. If you weren't less than 40 grand a year, there was something like a 50% chance that you lost your job and there's a very slim chance that you're able to work from home. So it's massively polarizing very and true. has obviously exposed an awful lot of uh, gaps in uh, what we used oh. to call civilization. 
Well, I'm glad to hear that things are good on your end um, and that uh, you're weathering the storm. Yeah, no complaints. So uh, one last question I usually like to ask the guests is uh, to, before we wrap up is, and I, I know we kind of already talked about this, but I may, I, I'll, I'm going to ask it again and maybe you can find another answer. It's, what is your prediction for the industry in the future? And that could be AI, which we talked about, self-driving cars, terraforming Mars, or it could be you know <laughs> something very specific as it relates to Google ads and Facebook ads or your agency well with I'll, I'll go the ladder then I'll, I'll pick the platforms i think we need to expect to get less and less data part of that's going to be privacy related you know apple have very smartly made privacy their word which has forced facebook and google to play catch up so expect less data whether that's a cookie related thing or just google giving us less data expect more forced automation um, we're going to have to use these tools whether we like it or not. So you better start getting good with it now. You know, be prepared for a world with with no keywords or no expanded text ads and all of those little features inside of Google Ads because it's probably going to happen at some point. So get the fundamentals nailed down. Practice with that now. Probably the biggest thing there, though, is just this mindset of experimentation. Like you've, mm -hmm. we, we need to be more open, more flexible and not stick our heads in the sand and, you know, I will never be beaten by the cold, hard machine because that's what Gary Kasparov said in 1997. And, and lo and behold, well yeah, he definitely got beat by the machines. <laughs> so. Lisa Dahl said the same thing when he was the, the Go champion in 2016. He said, before that match, I will not be beaten by a machine. Didn't work out so well for him either. Yeah. So we have to stop. It's not us versus the machine. That's my prediction for the future. It's us with the machine, yeah. smart people working with smart machines to enhance and enrich our capabilities. And we will be able to do bloody amazing things. Yes, I, I totally agree. It's not like the matrix, right? Where we're fighting the machines. We live <laughs> peacefully with the machines and we can coexist together with the machines and they will help us and we will help them. So that's, uh, we should be thinking of it that way. I totally yeah. uh, love yeah. that. So on, on that note, the last question is how can our audience get uh, in touch with you? Um, there's a, a few different ways, I guess. Um, the done for you agency is web savvy. That's websavvy.com.au because we're down here in Australia. Um, the training side of things, if you're interested in learning more about how Google ads works, that's agencysavvy.com. Um, or just uh, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Facebook. Everything's uh, at Mike Rhodes. Um, Twitter's at the Google guy, but I'm hardly ever on Twitter these days. But ask me a question. If, if there's something that's come up here and you're kind of, huh, that's a bit weird. Ask me a question. I, I love this stuff. I love talking about this stuff all day long. I love helping businesses grow. So yeah, find me online and, and let's connect and ask me a question. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. This was great. A great conversation about the future of just the platforms that we're using now. So this is, I, I love talking about that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for being here, Mike. Thanks. Jean. Very good to see you again. Cheers.